0: Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain.
1: The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself depending on the subject matter and your needs.
2: Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. I'd like to share with you today a great conversation I had with Nancy Rines. And we're calling this The Atheist Who Went to Heaven. Nancy is an author, scientist, and an artist. And she had a very transformative near death experience back in 2013. She's the author now of the book called Awakenings from the Light, 12 Life Lessons from a Near Death Experience. And you can see her website at nancyrines.com. So hi, Nancy, so great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on, Sandra.
3: I really appreciate it. It's so exciting to talk to
2: you. (laughs) It's exciting to talk to you too. I spent lots of time on your website and I was reading your book and I thought, oh, you're wonderful. (laughs) Because like you and I talked just a couple of minutes before we recorded, started recording. And you just said you're just a normal person. Yeah. I, I mean, I was
3: raised on a little farm in the Midwest, you know, outside of Chicago. I was a Farm girl, and I still I think I still talk like a farm girl, but then I went to college like pretty much everybody else does, and and I, you know I was raised in a in a Christian family. You know, by about the time I went off to college, I kind of turned my back on all that and first became an agnostic and then an atheist. So you know, a lot of us question things I think as we go into our twenties.
2: An agnostic you know, is just not sure, right? Correct, correct. Whereas and an atheist then, is I don't believe. Correct. <laughs>
3: okay. Just to Sometimes clarify. I was not sure. Sometimes I was like, dad, no, nothing happens. No, nothing exists." So, you know, for most of my life, I would say I was an atheist, with um, kind of some agnostic leanings there in my late 30s. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, pretty much normal. Um, yeah, I, I, there wasn't anything really spectacular in any way about my life. I had a fine life. It was absolutely fine. I had a good career. You know, beautiful daughter divorced unfortunately like a lot of us end up you know by the time I was in my I would say mid 40s so just a few years ago I was feeling just really lost almost and dissatisfied not happy not unhappy and with a horrible fear of death absolutely horrible fear of death. What was your job at the time you were you a scientist? I was working at a kind of a science software company so the company wrote software to support the natural sciences and analysis. So we did a lot of remote sensing work with satellite imagery and, um, you know, my, we did a lot of, uh, help with mining companies and oil and gas companies and natural resources. So we did a lot of work with, you know, high level, um, satellite type of stuff. So it was pretty intense technically. Mm. And I was doing a lot of writing and, and writing training materials and doing, some programming, some code samples, and teaching people how to use our software and our programming language.
2: Mm, So it was pretty,
3: pretty technical.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so back to your story, you developed a huge fear of dying?
3: Yeah, I was terrified. Because I thought that nothing I mean, I thought it was it. Everything ceased. Not just the body, but the consciousness too. And it was that part that terrified me. Mm -hmm. Because I just couldn't imagine... Nothingness. (laughs)
2: I'm I'm with you. That's exactly how I got my start too. You
3: know, I had that science background, and so I didn't see any real hard evidence for anything else. Mm -hmm. So I just became the skeptic, like pretty much every other scientist becomes, or even well, a lot of people. You don't have to be a scientist to be a skeptic, but exactly. But I just actually at some point I think I didn't even want to look anymore because I was so sure that there was nothing.
2: That's a tough way to live life, I know, and that uncertainty. It
3: it is, you know, we have, only have a short time on this planet. And for me, I spent so many of those years being anxious and fearful about, you know, something which turns out not to be the case. It was like all these, those wasted time being anxious about death when I really didn't need to be. Yeah. So, um, in January of 2014, I was at the end of my Christmas break. I took a little bit of a vacation one Christmas. And, you know, winters in Colorado can be really beautiful, especially in January. And we had a beautiful stretch of weather. It was like in the 70s. So I went out for a bike ride on this Friday morning. And the the temperature was like 65 degrees um, Fahrenheit. So it was pretty warm. And I went for this bike ride around town and not even a half a mile from my home. Uh, I was riding in the bike lane and going into a traffic circle or a roundabout in our little town, and the bike lane sort of disappeared. It was really a dicey setup with this roundabout. It really was probably too too narrow for a bike lane, so they just made it disappear. Uh So I had nowhere to go other than in the middle of the lane, which is really the safest thing to do for a bicyclist. There was a car behind me. He was back a few car lengths, so he was a safe distance back. And then I noticed some traffic coming into the circle from the right. They looked like they were slowing down, so I didn't really get too worried about them. I did keep my eye on them. And as I was going around the traffic circle, I kind of realized at the last second that the lead car that was coming in from the right wasn't going to stop. And she she was driving a big uh, Chevy Tahoe, very large right. SUV, kind of the size of a pickup truck type yes. of thing. And uh, she w- turned out to be texting while she was driving. Oh. I didn't know that oh. at the time. Right. Yeah. And doing a bunch of other illegal things that she shouldn't have been doing either. So anyway, she plowed into me, onto, into my right side, didn't even see me, uh, and I ended up I don't even know how this happened. I sort sort of ended up on her hood of her car where the engine compartment is looking in at her through her windshield. And she still didn't see me oh. because she was paying attention to her phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, anyway, she kept driving and I couldn't I just couldn't hang on anymore up there on the top of her hood. And I ended up slipping down the front of her vehicle doing one of these like cartoon maneuvers trying to grab onto anything Mm -hmm. I could and it turns out I slipped and hit the pavement and then she kind of ran over me luckily I was in between her wheels but then my sternum got caught on the transfer case on a piece of her vehicle underneath of her car underneath of her SUV so I was being dragged underneath of her truck or her SUV and she had no idea I was there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. She, yeah, she had not a clue that she had just hit somebody. And uh, so I'm caught underneath of her car, underneath of her SUV, trying, and actually I reached up to hang under her axle because she was in a turn in the roundabout and if I would have let go or if the transfer case had let go of me... I would have been run over by her rear wheels. Yes. So I was trying to hang on and I didn't know what to do. It was kind of, it reminded me a little bit of that Indiana Jones move move in the first movie where he's underneath the truck. Yeah. But anyway, so when that happened, when I hit the ground and was kind of dragged under her SUV and, and caught on the transfer case, I noticed something really weird happened. And I started seeing I, I experienced, I guess, what I call a dual consciousness state where one part of my body or one I should say one part of my consciousness moved out in front outside of the entire accident scene and watched the whole thing happen from out in front. And I could see the bystanders coming up trying to stop her from driving. Um, I could see her driving. I could see the whole thing happening from out in a different perspective. Wow. And at the same time, I was under the car basically fighting for my life. Now, what was interesting in hindsight is those two parts of my consciousness were very, very different. And the one that was outside watching, the watcher me or the observer, was very calm and very, oh, I call her the very spiritual one. She was out there, kind of with her hands crossed, standing and looking. And she said, "This is really sad, but this is happening all as it should be, and everything will be okay." And then the part of me that was underneath the car was like, "Oh my God, this isn't going to be okay." <laughs> no, I'm I'm hurting down here. This is I'm terrified. But the two parts of my consciousness were so distinct, and that watcher me, I, I believe, really was my higher self or my soul Mm -hmm. that had started to leave. And then, you know, the human level consciousness was still operating, but at a very primal level underneath that truck. Yeah, survival. Right. And so eventually somebody was able to stop this woman from driving. He drove his truck around and actually headed her off and stopped her from going anywhere. Thank goodness for him. Mm -hmm. So when that woman stopped, uh, I, I tried to scramble out from underneath of her car or underneath her SUV and I did a little bit and then a woman kind of ran up from off to the side and she was a beautiful blonde woman and, and she said, no, 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 don't move, don't move and she held her hands on my shoulders and she said, I'm a trauma nurse, my name is Ann and, and I don't want you to move, I'll be here with you, we're going to wait for the paramedics to come but don't move and she she may have actually saved my life. She certainly saved my ability to walk. Wow! I didn't you know I didn't know it at the time, but I had massive massive spinal trauma. If I would have gotten up, I would have severed my spine probably in two or three different places. <laughs> oh my gosh! So she's an probably, angel. <laughs> she's yeah. Well, I've the chaplain in the hospital is pretty sure that's what I experienced was an angelic intervention, and I'm, you know,
2: kind of weepy. Oh, of course. This is is major. Yeah, I mean, it it was. She she just just, happened to be there, right? Right. be the one.
3: And the thing is, too, that afterward, she spoke to one of the um, police officers, and he was the only one else to see her. No one else reported having seen this woman. And um, she would not give the officer her name. And then she just disappeared. I did talk to the officer about this. And he said, Yeah, I have no idea what happened to her, where she came from, where she went to, she just was gone. So I guess certainly she was a human angel, if nothing else for for, you know,
2: keeping me in one piece. We need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hear more from Nancy Rines, the atheist who went to heaven. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere.
0: There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up.
4: Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call
5: 1-888-FREEDOM or visit
1: ConsumerCellular.com.
4: Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website
5: for additional details. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then, HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider
6: younger looks in minutes? It's real with Instantly Ageless from HealthyLooking.com. This velvety micro cream applied to areas on the face immediately diminishes visible signs of aging. Great for bags under the eyes, forehead wrinkles, saggy eyebrows, crow's feet, and facial pores. Now look your beautiful best in less than two minutes with Instantly Ageless. And it works great for women and men. Here's what happened when they tried Instantly Ageless on the doctors.
0: But I want you all to imagine a cream that can instantly remove your under eye bags. We're going to put it to the test with our good friend, Dr. Sonia Batra. So
7: what what is this product?
4: So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. You just need a very small amount and then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product and I've looked at the ingredients and one of them is something called Argyralene, which is sort of a darling in dermatology right now. It's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes is the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. It's meant to relax muscle and work like Botox. I mean, you can literally see it but working as you're yeah, putting it on. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals. And they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push mm-hmm. that herniated fat pad back.
6: Order yours today at HealthyLooking.com or by phone at 800-604-3129. 800-604-3129. Our starter kit is only $19.99, including shipping. And the full-size box has now been discounted substantially as well. Put your best face forward instantly with Instantly Ageless from HealthyLooking.com. That's HealthyLooking.com.
8: The best afterlife information you can get while you're alive. Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain.
2: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're with Nancy Rines, near-death experiencer. Nancy, after your earth angel showed up, what happened next? That was
3: incredible. And at the time, I thought, huh, this is all very weird. (laughs) Yes. And then I started concentrating on just, you know, living, on fighting to live. And when the paramedics came, that's when my two bits of my consciousness came back together in my body. And they took me off to the trauma center, which was about a half a mile away. So it was a pretty quick drive. And they found out that I had at least 24 bones that were broken. Most of those bones were broken in several places.
2: Oh, my gosh, Nancy.
3: So they couldn't count the number of actual breaks. It was just too many. Um, But certainly 24 bones that were broken. And it was my pelvis, my sternum, five ribs on my left side, interestingly enough, and then my collarbone, and then the rest of the bones were in my neck and, and lower back that were affected. And the one in my lower back would need surgery. It was shattered. There was nothing left of it. Mm-hmm. So without that woman's intervention, if I would have stood, there was nothing. I mean, my spine was basically shattered in one spot. I would have just collapsed. Wow. So, um, yeah, it was really crazy,
2: crazy and painful. I can't even imagine
3: it was living yeah. in that body. It was horrible. First of all, I didn't think I was going to survive the weekend because I did have some head trauma, and they were really concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I had a helmet on, um, it broke the helmet apart, and uh, so it was good. The helmet took a lot of impact, but it still left me with some brain issues from brain trauma. Right. So they waited a couple of days to make, I think they were making sure that I was going to survive. They had told my niece that the brain injury was actually quite severe. It was mostly to my, my left prefrontal cortex. So, you know, that good spot that does all the analysis or mm-hmm. that's responsible for most of your analysis skills.
2: <laughs> oh, geez.
3: There goes my job, right? right. <laughs> So anyway, I, I hung out in the ICU for the weekend flat on my back. and They wouldn't let me move, obviously, because I was still in pieces. And I went in for surgery on Monday morning. I was really nervous about this whole surgery. And I've had surgeries before, and they were a piece of cake. You know, you go in, get anesthetized, and then everything's gray. You wake up in the recovery room, what seems like two seconds later, and everything's right. fine. Um, so this time, though, they prepped me and you know, gave me the anesthesia, which is the same anesthesia I've had before. And off I went, and I woke up thinking, "Oh my God, where am I? Yeah, <laughs> this what I remember from surgery. <laughs> no. I was standing on this beautiful meadow, like a hill, rolling hills up on a meadow in the top of this hill, looking out across. Many, many, many layers of hills and mountains in the distance, and was, it was kind of misty and pearly, and there was just this beautiful um, sparkliness to it. Like everything had energy vibrating underneath of its surface. Cool. Yeah, it was like, wow, this is great. And then I realized, oh wow, I'm not. Le- I don't want to leave here because I was all of a sudden just surrounded and hit by this wave of pure love. Pure, unconditional, welcoming love on a scale that you can't, I can't describe it. Oh man, it was all encompassing peace and love and joy really that I was there. And I remember in my mind, I asked the question because I was starting to suspect that I was dead Uh at this point. And I asked the question in my mind, "Hmm, I wonder if I'm dead and if I am, how how come I'm here? Because I don't believe in any of this stuff. Yes. And if anything, I expected to go to the fiery depths, which is what I was taught in grade school because I was, you know, was going to burn in hell because I was an atheist.
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs> no heaven for you. Exactly. Yep.
3: So I asked that question, why am I here? I don't believe in you. And there was this resounding answer deep inside of me who I guess would be the – I call it the divine presence or the God or whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. spirit, said, you're my child. I'm welcoming you back home. This is where you belong. This is your home. Oh. And I just lost it. Sure. It felt like I wept for days because I was accepted. And then after I stopped crying. I thought, well, this is great. I can die now. I don't want to leave here. And then a a woman approached me, kind of fading in out of the mist. And she came up and she said, I'm your teacher. I'm going to be with you and teach you what you need to know in order to continue on. And I thought, oh, good. I get to die for real. And I get to go see my dad and my sister. and, And I thought, oh, this is awesome. She said, no, you're being prepared to go back. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to go back. <laughs> and she said, it doesn't matter. Um, you're you're going to be going back. You had agreed to do this already before you were born into this life. And I said, I don't remember agreeing to that.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> and I was shown this um, image of me. It was metaphorical, but kind of metaphorically signing a contract stating what I would do, that I would come here and and talk about this stuff to others, to have this experience and to talk about it with others. So I said, okay, well, we'll continue to go and I'll, we'll talk about this later. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: So we spent what seemed like three months walking around every different piece of the landscape. and. I figured out real quickly that a this woman wasn't the ordinary person I would have expected. She I could never really get a good look at her face. She was very blurry in her face. She looked a little bit taller than me. She was glowing. She had this beautiful like silvery pearly glow to her. There was a part of her that I just couldn't make I couldn't make out her face. But she said that we had known each other before. And that she was a longtime friend. I, I didn't know her from this life, but um, that she was going to help me learn what I needed to learn. And she taught me so many things, like the true nature of love as as the physical binding force of the universe. It's like the energy that the energy field that connects everything together is love. Um, is love wow. and and it's divine love. It's not just you and you know yeah. human. Love love It's divine love on a cosmic scale and it's a field for it's like a force a field or like a a gravitational field but it goes through the entire universe and she allowed me to see what it looked like from an energy perspective it was like this many dimensional lattice work of vibrating energy that was just it was
2: truly a field Uh, it was amazing to see it. And what a gift, you learning this, somebody who is scientific in background. Right. So it's not like, oh, you were just drugged up, Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) No, it made sense
3: because it was like a crystal lattice almost. Wow. Which I had studied back in in university. It was a lattice made of energy. Rupert Sheldrake, uh, who's a British um, biologist, totally not a skeptic he's actually put into scientific terms what I experienced which is amazing so he considers what I experienced to be the divine field the field of the universe the the field of divine love yes so there's a scientific bent to it um, and I could you know go off and rattle on about that for weeks but we'll talk about the rest of what I learned okay. Because I think that's going to be more important for people. Okay. So, um, you know, she talked about how we can, in our own lives, participate in building up the love of the world by practicing and being a source of love in our own lives. The way she put it was, you know, one person likely won't change the world. But many, many, many people working on love and gratitude together can make a little change in their own world. And then all those little changes will add up and connect up. Mm-hmm. And over time will be kind of a driving force for change in the world. And that's really what this was all about. It wasn't about me having a nice life necessarily. That's part of it. But her end goal and there, and I should say the divine end goal is for more people to live a life of heaven on earth because we don't have to have, you know, all this drama and angst and hatred and violence. We can and and we're being asked to basically step up our game uh-huh. and become in our own individual ways, become a force for positive change in our own lives. And that will slowly impact the lives of others around us. It's like a ripple on a pond, which is the metaphor she used when we did my life review. If you are the source of the ripples on the pond, so if you make a change in your life, a positive change, whether you realize it or not, that energy of your change, both, I should say, your your the spiritual energy of that change will make its way out from you, but also... Just your mindset being different will impact the people around you mm-hmm. because you're going to be different, right, yeah, so if you're happier, you're going to spread the love <laughs> yes, yep so, I get it so, yeah their their goal for me for me and many of us is really just to work on making our individual lives better so that we can then be a source of of love in the world. Um, And it was profound. And I talk talk a lot about love in the book because it really, for me, was the main message for my time there. Other people might go and get a different message, but for me it was really about how can we increase love and why that's important. Because when you increase love in your life or when you live in a more grateful place – or you live from a more compassionate place, it really strengthens the field of love around you. It, it really affects the energy of divine love around you in a very
2: positive way. We'll be back with scientist Nancy Rhines. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
4: Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty.
7: HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com.
9: Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit MortonBuildings.com to get started today.
6: To four.
8: The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting for you now. Go to coast2coastam.com for details.
6: You're listening to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now let's get back to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain.
2: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're with Nancy Rines. Nancy, your guide in the afterlife, she taught the importance of showing love and being compassionate. What else did she share with you?
3: Main thing that she talked about initially was gratitude and how gratitude really is just another form of love. When we're grateful, not only for the people in our lives or when we're grateful to someone in our life here on earth. But I'm also talking about being grateful to the divine or to spirit. That also strengthens the field of love around us because it's just another form of love. So anytime you can practice gratitude, and that's why for me, gratitude has become a very important
2: practice.
3: It's humbling, but it's also an easy way for me to be loving.
2: How do you practice gratitude or remember to?
3: Yeah, you know, at first it's tough. (laughs) You know, I started out by just every evening before I went to bed, I had this little routine that I still do. And I think about three to five things or people that I was grateful for during my day. Hmm, Good, nice. That was kind of the starting thing. Then that moved on to every time I would go on a walk, I would look for evidence of love around me. And then I would be grateful during my walk for every piece of evidence of love that I found, and then gratitude became kind of a an in the moment practice. So I snuck up on it gradually. I just started, you know, setting aside time at night, and then I started doing it while I was on my walks. And then those times during my walks became moments throughout the day. Uh, and I've heard some people will say they set a timer. Or they look at the clock every hour, and every hour they think of two or three things to be grateful for.
2: Wow, great way to live life.
3: Over time, it becomes less of a practice and more just natural. Yeah, that's where it, kind of where I am now with it. And I also, I don't just say the words. I work on feeling the feeling of gratitude in my body, in my soul. So it all comes back together. Um, some of the other things that she wanted me to know and and really contemplate or the fact that we are truly all connected and not just from the scientific perspective, like, you know, we're dependent on clean water to to drink or, you know, food to eat or the air to breathe. It's more than that. We truly are all connected on that divine love level, the divine spiritual level. And uh, again, in the, in kind of the science of quantum physics now, well, this isn't actually anything new. There's an idea of called a quantum entanglement, which is where you could think of like photons, little tiny particles or little bits of energy are, they could be connected across the universe. And when something happens to one, let's say here on Earth, if that particle here on Earth is entangled with the particle 10 billion miles away, that particle 10 billion miles away will react in the same way.
2: I've heard of that. And that's freaky and awesome. (laughs) Well, there's an explanation
3: for it. It's that's those spiritual fields. And that's part of how this all works. We are all connected to each other. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Jesus talked about this to some extent, and many other spiritual teachers have. If I do something to you, it's really being done to me. Yeah. We are all truly related. We're all brothers and sisters and not just humans either. It's the animals. It's the plants. It's the planets. It's the whole cosmos. You know, we're just not human centric.
2: <laughs> right. So it's what Pretty else helpful. did you learn? i Oh, I just know the name of your book is "Awakenings from the Light: Twelve Life Lessons from a Near Death Experience." Yeah, not that you have to hit all twelve, but no, all it's, in the it's, empowerment of right. conversation today.
3: You know, another one that so many near death experiencers will talk about is the importance of living. I call it living fully or living authentically, and what that means is really embracing. The you that you are, that doesn't mean that you can't improve or you can't change, but it means learning how to come to self-acceptance and self-love and then just allowing yourself to be the glorious person you are. And if you look on my website, I have a lot of little inspirational messages with pictures behind them, and a lot of them have to do with living the the divine you that you are inside. Because basically, you are given a set of skills and talents and passions and likes and dislikes for a reason. And you're being asked or we're be, we're all being asked to examine what those are and just go out and do the best we can with living them. Because when we do that, it's like we're singing a huge song of gratitude back to the divine for this life that
2: we have. For every all of us, imagine a life where you accept yourself fully for who you are and who you're not, and you just love you and just know that you are one of a kind, and you came into this world to learn what you learn and to just embrace that, to right. he- And that yeah, to, to embrace the divinity that you are. I mean, you're one of a kind. Right, You know, we all are, but to embrace that and live from that as opposed to the feelings, oh, I should be this, I should be that, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not thin enough, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and when you put those shoulds or
3: I'm not enough on there, it really, you put yourself in a box and it's really just a box that you put yourself in. Yep. Uh, and you don't need to put yourself in that box. You can, wa- you can walk outside of that box. You can jump out of it and start screaming for joy <laughs> once you finally make your way out of that self-imposed box. Look, you know, it's I don't wish a near-death experience on anybody because they're very traumatic for your whole life. Yeah. It's not something to be taken lightly.
2: <laughs> right.
3: But... It did give me a lot of compassion for myself, and I I talk about some ways that, you know, you can begin to accept yourself. I don't recommend that people go out and try to, you know, go all gung-ho with loving themselves right away. Start taking baby steps to even just self-acceptance or compassion or kindness to yourself. One of the things that I teach people is, you know, take a break and go to the mirror Look in your own eyes and just try to imagine that divine spark there. And then once you can start imagining it, start telling yourself, I love you. You're an amazing gift. You're part of the divine. And keep going with that. I had a friend do this. Uh, Actually, Amy, the woman who edited my book, she'd been a friend of mine for a while and She went to the mirror. She's a very spiritual person, so I'm surprised she even tried any of my exercises, but she went to the mirror and she did that, and she said, you know, I just bawled. I cried my eyes out when I first did that exercise, and she said, I've been a spiritual person for years and still cried when I admitted to myself that I am a divine being, Mm -hmm. that I have a divine spark inside of me. So it can be very powerful. And, and it could be hard, too. If it, if it gets too hard, I encourage people just to stop and try again later. But yeah. it's a start. And then, you know, a lot of folks who come to my workshops will say, you know, I was really abused as a kid. And I just can't imagine even liking myself. So if you're facing that, and I know a lot of people are, I really encourage you to get some psychotherapy and I know that sounds crazy and I'm not a psychotherapist but it can really help very quickly to get over that hump of self-hatred that we might learn from a caregiver who was mean to us so and I know I came from a background similar to that so I understand what that struggles like
2: mm-hmm.
3: so and I did get I did go get some about I think it was five months of help with that as an adult and it really helped.
2: There's some saying, Nancy, that the worst place to be on your own is like in your own head or listening to your own thoughts. Screwed up that statement, but it's a tough head we live in. And just by hearing, reading a book, hearing somebody else's story, going for some therapy, whatever that is, and to feel you're not alone, you're not the first person in these shoes and to have somebody who cares for you to help you over, you know, that's awesome.
3: And the help is out there. And in fact, you know, if you're struggling with that and you really do want to go see a professional psychotherapist, but you're afraid of the money, there are many that will work with you for free or a reduced cost if you're truly in need. And at the time that I got my psychotherapy, I actually was truly in financial need. And this woman was an angel and gave me six months of psychotherapy for free, basically.
2: Wow! Another angel in your life.
3: Yeah, they're out there. They're out there. All you need to do is ask. And if one person says, you know, I don't offer free services, but I know someone who does, you know, follow those leads because there probably is some help out there. Mm.
2: Where do we go next? Is there any more of the life lessons you want to share or you want to share when you woke up? Or let me just ask you something. Did this experience feel real? Oh, yeah. I mean, that you're clear, like I know in my heart it is, but I just want to hear you say it, that it's, yeah it was more real than any dream or anything like that.
3: <laughs> the minute that I kind of woke up on that hillside in heaven, I knew that that was more real than any time I've ever spent here on Earth. Oh, my
2: gosh, that real.
3: Yeah, and I knew instantly that my time here was really but a dream. And that's how this felt. This felt like a very, it was kind of a a dream, really. It's, It's real to us when we're in it. But once I was there in, I'll call it heaven, I don't know if that's the right word, but in heaven, I realized that's more real. In heaven, it's so clear, so real, so rational, so logical, but yet emotional and loving at the same time. Immediately I knew that was real and this was not. Immediately. And that's why it was so hard to come back here. Even with all the preparation my guide gave me, all the teaching she gave me, Of and only a small part of that's in the book. I've got probably four more books in me
5: wow. <laughs> just from
3: that. That was so real that I didn't want to come back here to this dream.
2: When we come back from the break, we'll talk about when you came back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
4: Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that?
7: HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Hey,
9: it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to
7: build this year? If so,
9: there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, A storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects? Visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit MortonBuildings.com to get started today.
8: Much more. There's even a section that includes our most popular uploads, such as many of the David Politi shows on people disappearing in national parks. To visit or subscribe, just go to YouTube and type in Coast to Coast AM Official, or you can simply go to the Coast to Coast website and click on the YouTube icon at the top. It's the official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. You're gonna love this. Just get on over to Coast to Coast and start your free listening now.
1: Tired of thinning hair and not so thrilled with the options to reverse it? After 10 years of extensive research, Dr. Nathan Newman is proud to introduce Reveal. Easy-to-apply Reveal works great on men and women and is used in the comfort of your home. Applied morning and evening. Free of parabens, sulfates, silicones, and dyes, Dr. Newman uses stem cell technology and natural ingredients in this revolutionary product.
9: It's the only product that can be used
3: for men and women without having to worry about side effects on your heart. It wasn't an accidental discovery. It was really made for the hair, so it doesn't have all the side effects that all the other products that we had. Because it was made for the hair, it really has... Very good effect very quickly. You will see the changes in your hair, not in two years, but you will see it within two or three months. You will see that it's thicker, is more lustrous, better. And the more you use it, the more it will continue to benefit and maintain the hair because it's a fight against our genetics and against the hormonal changes that we get. Once you start using it and you see the benefit, you want to maintain it by continuing to use it.
1: Reveal is a luxury home care system applied twice daily that is as good a treatment as you would find at the most exquisite salons at a fraction of the price. And only at HealthyLooking.com can you get Reveal with free smart delivery shipping. Simply enter discount code GEORGE. Time to return to a fuller looking head of hair with Reveal from HealthyLooking.com or by phone 24-7 at 800-604-3129. 800 604 3129. Genuine Reveal is not available in stores. Order today at healthylooking.com. Reveal.
2: You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. You can find out more about Nancy at her website, which is spelled Nancy Rines, R-Y-N-E-S dot com, and her book, Awakenings from the Light, 12 Life Lessons from a Near-Death Experience. Nancy, I have to ask, there was no pain, I'm sure, in the afterlife. What was it like waking up in the recovery room? When I woke
3: up in in the recovery room, I was screaming and crying. (laughs) Uh, But before I came back to my body, the woman who was with me, whose name now I know is Mary, or that's what she says. I can call her, but she said it's just a name. Mm -hmm. Um, Mary gave me a spiritual healing so that when I came back, I wouldn't feel as much pain. And when I came back into my body, sure enough, I mean, I've had pain from the surgery site in my lower back where they bolted titanium rods into my back, but my shoulder, my collarbone didn't hurt and my ribs never hurt, which is really crazy because if you've ever broken a rib, those things hurt like crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, my pelvis never hurt, and my sternum never hurt, and those were the areas that she worked on before she sent me back. So I had really no pain in those areas. I did have to deal with pain in my lower back, but it wasn't it wasn't really all that bad. And the doctors were astounded at my recovery. It was so fast and so pain free. I was off the opiates within two days after surgery. No kidding. Yeah. And I was on just Tylenol. (laughs) Yeah, something happened for sure. Yeah, the doctors.
2: 24 bones. That's what you said, 24?
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the doctors were astounded. In fact, one of them, he said, you shouldn't be up walking just on Tylenol. There's no way that you should be up walking on Tylenol. And I got up out of bed and I'm like, I'm walking, see? And so he couldn't believe it. I hadn't told him what had happened (laughs) during surgery. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: no. Well, Nancy, I want to ask you, just because time's going by quick, yeah. in the email you sent me, you said something about the spiritual communications you've had since your near-death experience.
3: Yeah, so it never really, I never really shut it off because I missed it so much. I did for maybe two or three weeks after I came back, but I missed it so much that I wanted it to continue. And Lo and behold, it continued, and it continued in a very odd way. I would have visions of my guide while I was in the hospital. I would just be laying there kind of in a blissed-out gratitude-like state, and she'd come in, and we'd start talking again. And I didn't think too much of it, really. I just figured, well, this is just a part of the experience. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And that's really continued, and I've worked on it since. I've learned how to increase that on my own, how to increase my capability um, to be available for that communication. So it can happen whenever I choose now. And then it also comes through sometimes when I don't choose, like when I need to hear a, me- a specific message from one of my many spiritual guides, or the divine, or one of the angelic beings. They have no qualms now about sending me a message or telling me something.
2: And you just hear them in your mind? How does it show up for you?
3: Well, for me, it's oftentimes unknowing, um, but in the usually every evening I spend, it sounds crazy to a lot of people I know, but I usually spend about an hour in a prayer-like state asking or being receptive to this communication. Mm -hmm. And typically one or more of these beings will show up in my room or wherever I happen to be and just start talking. And then I write it down as fast as I can. And sometimes the information that comes through is just astounding. One of the reasons why I was chosen was Because I was a scientist and I was an atheist and I can write about it in a way that other people can understand.
2: Yes, that's important. Really important.
3: Another thing is that they, meaning the spiritual beings, you know, on the other side, whatever you want to call it. They're really concerned that in another 60 to 100 years, we're going to be in deep doo-doo. They have this vision of the human race as being through all this garbage already. So the fighting, the violence, Mm -hmm. you know, all this nastiness that we're going through, they have a vision for us being through it. They are recruiting people like me to be a source of this message of love, compassion, kindness. And little by little, they hope to influence the world to a better way of being We don't have to live like this. This is our choice as a species. They want the species of humans to evolve and they want all of us spiritually to evolve together with the planet in our culture. They're kind of rooting for us and they want to give as much help as possible. And it's all about love. It's really truly all about God or the divine, whatever you want to call that Mm -hmm. presence in your life and it's about loving each other. It's about giving into that love. It's about allowing God to work in your life. Haters will contact me and say, well, you're getting off scot-free. I'm like, no, my life review is no picnic. And I was not getting off scot-free. I was sent back here to love, to love like God loves, to love like Jesus loved or the Buddha loved or St. Francis. And that's It's not getting off (laughs) scot-free. So you did have a life review. Oh, yeah. It was um, pretty astounding. It wasn't bad. It wasn't scary, but it was certainly eye-opening. Could you give us an
2: example of what you mean?
3: Sure. So basically, I was brought to this pond and was shown images of all the people that I had impacted in my life, both good and bad or positive and negative, however you want to look at it. And I was allowed to, to touch the pond and realized that my action, like touching the pond, would, would affect all those people whose images were kind of superimposed on the pond. So it was a very strong visual of your actions affect more than just you. Your actions travel outward from you as ripples on a pond travel outward from that source. But then I was shown both good and bad from some of the things that I had done in my life, positive and negative. And we all have both. It's not like I'm a horrendous being or anything. It was just that I'd made some poor choices Mm -hmm. in my younger years. And I got to see the impact of those choices on other people from their perspectives. So not from my perspective, but I got to see inside of their minds and hearts as to how I impacted them either positively or negatively. Wow. And holy cow, what an eye opener. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I became instantly more aware of my actions in every moment that I'm here on earth. (laughs) The life review isn't meant to be this horrible, terrifying, frightening experience. It's a growth opportunity. And for me, it was an opportunity to learn how my actions impacted others so that when I came back, I could be more conscious of what I was doing and saying. So it was beautiful, but it's sometimes difficult to see how you negatively impact other people from within their own minds and hearts.
2: <laughs> I would believe that. Is there a piece of advice for all of us that we could maybe start doing right now, I don't yeah. know. I, I love the idea, like, how you go in at night for an hour and receive messages. It's like, oh, I would love that. <laughs> so whatever's well, you, there for you.
3: Yeah, you can You can certainly do that. I would. If I were to say something about that for people, open yourself up to guidance from spirit and just be open to it. But also realize that the whole point of this is really living a beautiful life here on Earth. It's not about... All this wonderful woo-woo stuff of, oh, I talked to my angels today. It's really about what do I need in order to live responsibly and beautifully here on Earth right now.
2: Great words. I find myself, I can get really caught up in the life after death stuff. And I have to remind myself that the reason I'm talking about that is so I can have a better life now. And I can, do same thing, make better choices right. and and all that. Like how it, Yeah.
3: Yeah. And have fun, too. It's not all about being pious and spiritual all the time. It's about laughing with your kids and having fun with your families and friends and just enjoying who you are in the moment. And also, you know, teaching your kids good things and good habits and being a source of love. So Mm. it doesn't have to be all, you you don't have to be in a monastery somewhere to be spiritual. You can be spiritual while you're walking on the beach with your kids you know, looking for shells or something. Or mowing
2: the grass or at right. work. <laughs> so Nancy, how do we get in touch with you? And maybe you could mention, because um, I saw obviously you have your book, Awakenings from the Light, but you offer coaching too, don't
3: you? I do offer some oh. spiritual coaching. If you want to learn how to do some of the spiritual communication, I can work with people one-on-one. But I do coach people on how to get in touch with your guides and your angels and whoever else you would like. I also teach contemplative prayer, which is a meditative practice that I personally use to get in touch with my spiritual guidance system. Hmm. So it's not meditation, it's, it's slightly different. It's a technique that was developed actually in the very, very early days of Christianity back in the Middle East, but it was adopted from India. So it, it's typically done, it's been done in India for probably 5,000 years. But what it is, is you take a word, let's say God or love, you take a sacred word And you repeat that to yourself internally and allow your mind to just flow into that word and to just sit with that word and be with that word for 10 to 20 minutes a day. It allows people who who have difficulty meditating to have a focal point of their meditation. Okay, I gotcha. And it's a good focal point because it's not just a word to focus on. You start to feel at one with the divine once you practice this, it raises your vibrational level. So it makes it easier to communicate with your spiritual team, like your guides or or angels.
2: Contemplating the word love, you're bound to feel it. Mm-hmm. It's oh, powerful. It's real powerful. Real yeah. powerful. Oh, Nancy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me on. And to our listeners, thanks for being here. You can check out a whole bunch of great things at wedontdie.com or on iHeartRadio, type in Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and you've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.